This is the Mad Lemmings Podcast, episode number five. Hey there, this is Ashley from MadLemmings.com. I hope you're having a sunny day like I am. Spring is here, and I love it. And in today's show, we're diving into another really cool topic, something you may have heard about on the blogosphere. Influencer marketing. What is influencer marketing? Well, I know quite a bit about it, but not as much as my guest today, and that's why I've got him on the show to tell us all about it, how it works, what it means, how you can use it, how big business, how small business can use it, and how even little bloggers like us can use it in our everyday blogging and to increase our influence, our reach, our marketing, and for very little cost. So let's not mess around. Let's take a listen to Ron Seller from ronseller.com. All right, Ron, thanks for joining me tonight on the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Ashley. I'm very glad to be here today. Uh, Excellent. We're uh, getting people from all around the world at the moment. We started, uh, I think, in America, then jumped back to Switzerland and Ireland. And today we're talking to Israel. So we're certainly getting around the world. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about influencer marketing, something that you write a lot about on your blog post and something I actually don't see a lot of people uh, writing too much on and something I think I personally don't completely understand and I thought we'd just jump into it and, and talk a bit about it, discuss some of your your blog posts and, and some of the things you've been writing about recently and maybe, yeah, we can just start out today explaining approximately or letting everyone know what influencer marketing is all about today. Sure. Um, I read recently, and it's, well, I read a lot about it and there are a lot of uh, definitions for influence marketing. Um, recently, I ran the post on the uh, blog of uh, Lee Odin, which I really uh, appreciate, and he says that influence is the ability to inspire others to take action. Um, when we look at online influence and, uh, and influence, it's the marketing practice of identifying and building their relationships and the engagement with in- individuals who have the who have online influence over a target audience of, of buyers or uh, potential buyers. Um, this is how um, Opinions uh, defines it in one of its uh, one of their uh, presentations. And practically, what what we're doing is we're trying to identify online people who have this kind of influence over others, and help them or or identify them and engage them in order to help us to uh, reach new customers and new audiences over the web. Okay, so I mean, I mean, I think about influencers as people who can spread my blog posts. But ultimately, when you start trying to make money, what you're thinking about and who you're looking for are people who have a larger access to a bigger group uh, of people who are relevant to buying the products that you're selling. That's what companies are looking for, right? Right. Well, influence uh, can help us. It can help the, the brands out there and even the small businesses with all kinds of different uh, practices. One of them, for example, is what you mentioned, the distribution of our content, the distribution and amplification of our uh, message uh, throughout the throughout the social media. Uh, this is one thing. Uh, usually when we try to identify influencers, we will look for people who are also very involved and know a lot about the market that uh, we are trying to approach. So uh, we 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 use their expertise to write the content or produce different types of content 
that will be uh, that will make it easier to deliver the message and spread the word and distribute it across the different uh, marketing channels that we have on uh, social media networks. Um, so distribution and amplifications are, are very important and, and so is the creation and the education of the market because different people and potential buyers are reading the content and listening to the different um, types of, of content that influencers are producing and sharing and they learn from them and in this process uh, they're gaining the information that we are trying to, to deliver. Mm-hmm. And then people trust these guys, right? I mean, that's that's where the new marketing is standing today. I mean, people build up trust, their audience trusts them, and when they talk about something, they their audience listens, and that's why they're so valuable, these guys, right? Sure. Yes, it's all part of the same process that we mentioned today of, of content marketing and strategic content marketing and relationship marketing. At the end of the day, um, it's, it, these are all different practices that we that we use in order to engage and uh, and uh, deliver our our message to potential buyers. And influencers amplify these messages and help us to find um, um, hidden customers and or uh, and uh, new niches to to our products or our services. So a lot of these big companies are actually spending a lot of time and money doing this. They do, and it seems like uh, this market or this specific practice is uh, growing uh, rapidly rapidly during the last uh, couple couple of years, uh, and more and more brands are spending more money in this direction, and uh, we see more businesses, even small and medium businesses, moving into this area, looking for influencers and trying to engage them, and uh, yes, we see more money is moving into this market. Yeah, it's quite interesting because, you know, I mean, if I tell somebody that I'm a blogger, they think, you know, you're just writing an online diary or something and you and actually they think it's a bit of a joke. But if you think about the modern modern media and marketing, I mean, in the end, how many people are paying attention to television ads anymore? They're actually fast forwarding through those ads and people are not necessarily buying newspapers anymore. And yeah, if you don't take uh, note of what's going on online, I think a lot of companies are really going to not have any marketing soon if they don't go online and do serious things. Yes, we, we see more and more, for example, native ads uh, that are being used by, by larger brands and, and now even more, even smaller businesses where the, the line between an ad and content is really fine. So um, you're not always sure if you're, you're reading an advertisement or, or uh, an article. Yeah. Uh, and it happens not only on blogs. You, you even see, you know, on movies sometimes you're not sure if, you, if you're looking at the commercial <laughs> or at the movie itself. So, Yeah, actually, I was uh, having it, a conversation with a good friend of mine about that the other day. He's very, very uh, against all of this stuff because he feels like it's uh, trickery. But I said to him, well, you know, all marketing is trickery and it's all trying to influence you to buy something. It's just a different flavor. And uh, he was, he actually sent me a picture the other day. It was really funny. It was from the front page of one of these uh, free uh, newspapers you get on the train here in Zurich. And it had an, uh, an article, which was basically an ad 
for a new burger from McDonald's and it was just so blatantly not news but it was exactly presented as a piece of news and he sent this to me and said oh look amazing news McDonald's has a new burger (laughs) (laughs) so and we'd just been talking about it the night before so it was really ironic that it was in the newspaper the next morning but uh, yeah I guess content is going in the same direction right if I approach an influencer and I say, okay, can you help me promote something which hopefully the influencer believes in and is not just doing it for the money. But anyway, we can't guess that. But uh, they can then write a blog post saying how amazing something is and then get some money from it. I mean, that's what's happening, right? Right. And, and you know, as with every um, every interesting niche out there, there are um, new uh, thought leaders in this specific area that um, when someone is really interested in learning more about influence marketing, I will recommend people to, to write what, what they, um, to read what they write on this topic. So, um, for example, um, in this area, you probably, you definitely want to read the, the book Influence Marketing by Danny Brown and uh, Sam Fiorella that published last last year, a great book about about this topic. Um, just be, well, not long before that, Mark Schaefer, uh, published a return on influence that had some that has some great insights on on uh, what influence is and and where influence marketing is is going um, in, in general and and well recently Daniel Newman is writing some very interesting articles and books about this topic um, the latest I think is the new rules of cons- customer engagement um, where you can actually read about um, about content strategic content marketing and uh, influence. So you see more publications and more books coming out, more blogs written about written about this topic. Um, it is evolving all the time, the technology behind it, the usage of, of big data uh, in identifying and locating the, the influencers in every niche. Um, and I certainly recommend reading more about it because it is really interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's changing everything and it's doing it very, very, in some ways, quietly. I mean, we know about it and we're talking about it. But I mean, in many ways, if you talk to anyone on the street and I mean, of course, people are reading stuff on the web. They have no idea that this stuff is happening and that these people are considered important and, and are being paid to do, you know, marketing because we're used to seeing billboards and newspaper ads. We're not used to thinking that you know, people online have uh, power and can actually do something. So it's a really, it's a really crazy time I find because the web is changing, changing everything. And uh, yeah, this area in particular is really, is really, really interesting. And um, that sort of leads me to one thing I was going to, going to ask you about. I mean, it's something that I only know a little bit about through a couple of tools that I've discovered. And I wrote a blog post on Monday about uh, BuzzSumo, which is one of these tools, not so much for targeting specific influences. I mean, you can do that with this tool. I think there are better tools out there for that. I mean, I found this tool good for just seeing who's sharing my content and maybe who I should be approaching, who I didn't really know about who was sharing my content. I mean, you can also use this tool to find, yeah, who's sharing the top content in any niche. But uh, what are the kinds of tools that you see being used typically in the industry for this kind of stuff? Right. Um, There are different types of tools that are used uh, in this market i personally monitor about 100 different tools wow okay (laughs) that are related to to this uh to this area um 
if we can, I can group them even, you know, even uh, into smaller groups. Uh, the larger ones are the um, the kind of um, kind of marketplaces where um, the tools that allow you to identify and recruit influencers, and then go through the process of engagement, the um, recognizing the influencers, uh, rewarding them, and uh, were needed. And uh, some great some. Great tools in this area are uh, Tap Influence, Group High is doing a great job on this one. Um, E-Network from from Canada is a uh, is a great tool, and recently uh, CrowdTap introduced a new marketplace that looks uh, really interesting. Okay. Um, mostly for for brands. Another another type of, uh, type of tools that uh, are more familiar are the scoring. Uh, tools. Most of us know Cloud yeah, and yeah. then uh, Cred and Peer Index. These are the tools that try to assign uh, a number for the influence that each individual or brand has in uh, social networks. Um, they do it on, on different networks. Some of them look at um, more social networks and some others are uh, more focused on only few. But generally, uh, they give you one number in a certain market or overall they're trying to trying to assess your overall online influence in the way that uh, they measure it and there's a whole lot of discussion about how how good these numbers are and if they really uh, provide a good picture of the online influence or only engagement yeah. but generally these are probably the most popular and the best tools that we have out there uh, to give us as a rule of thumb about how influential uh, an individual is in the, central, in the uh, social networks at a certain point of time. Buzzsumo, which personally I, I really like, uh, it's, it's relatively a new, a new tool, is, is focused more, as you mentioned, on identifying the number of shares of each article or a specific blogger or influencer. And it is very helpful with trying to identify influencers. And an, another branch is the blogger outreach or the influencer outreach. And there are some great tools out there that, uh, like um, Inkybee, for example, yeah, and the Buzz that, yeah. um, that uh, allow you to search the web for usually uh, bloggers and people who and other publishers by certain different numbers or, or um, parameters that are out there that allow you to identify how uh, influential or important the blogger is in a certain areas. So I certainly rec recommend uh, using uh, these tools. But most of, Triber, these are, most of these are not free though, right? I mean, there's rarely a free tool in this industry from what I've seen. It, it really depends. Most of them are not free, but um, some of them have some free features that, that you can use mm -hmm. uh, either for a limited time or for longer terms. Uh, and, and prices do vary and they, they vary quite a bit. So uh, um, each person and each user needs to identify their budget first yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, look sure. for the right tool because some tools give you the entire solution or the from from top to bottom and some of them are looking at specific um, areas or specific markets and they're, they're very useful for that and then you'll have to uh, implement the other components uh, yourself okay now i just wanted to touch on that because i mean if some small blogger is listening to this like 
myself who maybe wants to use these tools just for a short time like Ingibi I've done before um, it's really good for just doing a quick all right I want to find out who some big guys are in my area and maybe get to know them um, it's not something I need to do every week so I don't need to pay a monthly fee but I think you get 30 days with uh, Inkybee to find big blogs in particular um, niches so that's quite cool Yes, and, and it is important to mention that you're not necessarily looking for the big guys. We all have influence, that we all influence someone. It is not necessarily that if you approach a big guy, as, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, you'll get better results than approaching smaller people, but they are more influential in their own market. So y you are basically looking for... Uh, people who are influential in a specific market that you're looking at and that they have a, a group of engaged uh, people who read their content and engage with their content and uh, that way you probably get better results than you know just looking for someone influential who will uh, amplify a message out of context. So you want to be sure that the influencer that, that you speak with and, and work with um, that she's really she really knows her market and and how to to engage with the people in this specific area so I suppose that's really one of the tricks right with this kind of stuff it's uh, okay they have a good uh, cred score or, or cloud score or whatever but you really need to understand what that means because I, I found that actually quite nice on BuzzSumo they had a, um, a metric on their site which said yeah, number of number of followers on Twitter. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, but as you say, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you can buy you can buy that if you want. So you know that's completely irrelevant in in some ways. I mean, it is a measure, but but what's interesting is how many times are they retweeted? How many times do they reply? How many times do they retweet? Or are they just broadcasting? Or yeah, so I mean, these kind of things. I guess when you're really in this industry or looking deeply at this stuff, you really need to understand what it is you're looking for. When you're looking for an influencer, you're looking for someone who their audience listens to them, right? And actually talks to them and, and maybe buys the stuff that they're they're talking about. So Exactly. And the tools usually assign different scores to different kind of actions that we take online. For example, if we'll took if we'll take Facebook for example as an example um, it's very important if someone gets um, hundreds of likes on each uh, post, but then you are probably more interested in people that get more comments or that their content is being shared more frequently mm -hmm. because this is the way or uh, this is the way that the message is being delivered over the network. So you want to see that the, their message is being shared as many times as possible and then liked and, and commented. So it is very important to look at that too. Yeah. If you do it manually, it probably take a while. But uh, <laughs> that's why you know you have all these uh, systems in place that help you to identify the potential uh, influencers in in your area. I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Triber, for example, is a network of uh, of bloggers that uh, recently started its own influence marketing platform, and there you can um, engage bloggers who. Um, apply for for influence marketing campaigns and uh, based on that they distribute the messages in their blogs and their networks um, getting to to their audiences so it, it's another option for for small businesses you mentioned uh, to and, and even larger uh, brands 
to distribute their message over the social networks with the help of, of bloggers. Yeah, I saw that in Triber because I use that quite a lot. I found it really effective for spreading my message and I encourage all small bloggers to get on there for that purpose. But in the reverse direction now and actually being a blogger and having these companies come on and put options for more or less, uh, I think you basically apply to write articles for them or do a certain number of shares or how does it work exactly on there? I haven't, I've never done it. It really depends. I think that every brand is defining its own metrics Uh and what exactly they're looking and asking for. And it's up to the bloggers to make their own decisions, whether it is something that they relate to and if they want to work specifically with, uh, with this brand. Okay. So it's quite an open marketplace then. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, that's quite nice. Because, I mean, as a small brand, you know, I mean, if you sell, I don't know, some kind of uh, clothing and you don't have a market yet and you find someone online who's a good fashion blogger in your area and it's just maybe a really quick way to get a few thousand people aware of your product for, it doesn't seem to be very expensive either from what I've seen. Yes, in in my opinion, today, the the ROI on on influence marketing is quite high relatively to other types of of web marketing and, and advertising so if you are a small business and you're looking for this kind of solution you can find um, some that are really affordable that can really uh, amplify your your message and, and spread your message to to larger audiences that are in context that will make it much more beneficial yeah it's a it's it's a crazy thing the way it's going i mean when triber first started doing it i was wasn't really sure exactly what they were um, implementing. And then all of a sudden I had a look and I was like, wow, okay, I actually have access to, I'm included in in a marketplace now. I thought it was only people who had huge audiences. But as you say, actually, that's no longer important anymore. And, and you can actually get hold of small bloggers and, uh, and get them to do stuff. I mean, I've seen guys I know advertising or doing giveaways for things like WordPress themes and things like that. And I'm now wondering, maybe that's actually an example of influencer marketing. I never really thought about it. <laughs> could be, could be. And, and just to mention a few more, when we're talking about uh, small businesses and smaller brands, and even larger brands, it seems like most are using very similar systems and, and similar platforms, but uh, I really recommend looking at platforms like a Tracker and Opinions that I mentioned earlier. Um, Little Bird is doing a great job in identifying uh, influencers. So there are options out there, and when someone wants to, when someone thinks about using, utilizing this kind of marketing uh, practice, there are lots of possibilities out there. I guess it's all kind of merging somehow, right? I mean, social media is also becoming part of everyday transmission of of information and, and, and sharing. Right, right. And I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, we have so many social networks uh, right now that are so active. If you're interested in specific social networks like Twitter or Facebook or Google+, there are specific tools that are out there for those or for these specific uh, social networks. So um, I know, for example, when I'm working on, on campaigns on Twitter, I'm using Community that uh-huh. is doing a, quite a good job in identifying uh, influencers in my area and uh, in other areas too, obviously. 
and 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 but if you're interested in Google Plus, uh, Google Plus will probably use other tools that are evolving there as 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 this social network is is becoming larger. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff changing, right? I mean, it's yeah, it also depends on exactly what you're trying to market. Because when I tell people, you know, you should use this social media platform or that social media platform, I always try and keep in mind what I think are the benefits of each platform, the kinds of audiences and things that people are doing on those platforms. And then you can see approximately, I mean, there's no exact science on this stuff, but for example, Pinterest, things that convert well are products and very visual things like photography or uh, fashion or, or this kind of stuff, right? Travel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a guy on um, on the Pinterest for men or whatever the show's called from uh, from Jeff's here, and I'm gonna get yeah. him. I'm gonna get him on the on the show soon as well and talk about his hangouts. But um, they had a guy on there with something like. 100,000 Pinterest followers, which in Pinterest is quite crazy because there aren't that many people on Pinterest. There's only, I don't know how many million. And uh, he, he got 100,000 within a few months just from his pictures. And he didn't even try to market himself. It just happened. So, yeah, it just goes to show you if you have the right niche on the right platform, you can actually get really... And if you get in early, exactly. if you get in early as well, <laughs> he said it was, exactly. it was kind of an early, an early birds benefit. He got in and he didn't even do anything, and he just had. And now he's really famous because of because of this exact uh, thing. So it happened on all on all platforms. You see people with um, really lots of followers on Twitter, for example, and they're usually people who have been there before, uh, before others. So yep. uh, it happens quite a lot. Yes, being uh, early adopter in the social media is not a bad idea uh, if if you really like this area. Yeah, I mean, I had a Twitter account, I think, when it was even in, in, in beta, but I was not interested in spending my SMSs, which were expensive in those days, to send random messages to my friends who were not even on Twitter. And... I just kind of gave up on it and left it until recently when I kind of got into this stuff. And then, you know, I had this old dead Twitter account from, I don't know, how many years old is Twitter now? It's at least 2005 or six, right? I think it's seven, but yes, it's, it, it seems like forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's been around for a long time, but it's now becoming it's now becoming really popular. But I mean, what do you see in, in terms of influencer marketing? Is there any specific platform that's achieving more than any other or that's growing like crazy? Well, I see. I see. I think it's going the other way because I see influence marketers moving into more and more um, different um, platforms. So it really depends. But I think that still today the larger ones are the strongest in terms of influence marketing and the activity that is going on there. Obviously, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Pinterest. I see some of it uh, too. Um, and, and, you know, in some different platforms and some different areas, this practice uh, has different names because uh, when you look at it, there are other names that, that all, also relate to influence marketing, like uh, word of mouth. And there's a whole discussion whether influence marketing and word of mouth marketing are the same. I think that they're not. But you also see brand advocacy and brand ambassadors and celebrity endorsements and uh, sometimes they call it influence marketing and sometimes it's influencer marketing. <laughs> um, uh, David um, Hebert had, had a great um, article about it. Um, he's the marketing head in, 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 uh, in network uh, and obviously the one of the co-founders of uh, Streamfeed. 
And it is, it is confusing, the different names, and obviously they're not the same. Uh, each has different meaning and different um, types of tools that are being used. Uh, but influence marketing can range from sending paid tweets, uh, which is probably the simplest uh, form that, that I'm aware of, to whole campaigns that, that take through different or some social networks at the same time and get to millions of, of uh, people. So okay. it really it definitely depends on the budget that is being invested and the audience, the, the audiences uh, that we're looking or trying to reach. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, the web is such a such a crazy, changing, growing beast that uh, yeah, I think it's really difficult to pin down any kind of definition of anything these days. I mean, everything keeps changing. It just seems to yeah. be it just seems to be normal. What does that mean? I'm not sure. What does I mean? People talk about all these buzzwords, right? Like inbound marketing, and I don't think it really matters what you call it. I mean, it's nice to have a bunch of words where we can all read from the same book and know what we're talking about. But yeah, just using a word just because it's cool kind of gets a, a little bit annoying. I mean, I was even using something in a blog post today, and I was thinking, now is that lead generation or is that opt in or is it, it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Right. So what's some of the biggest examples you've seen of this stuff around? I mean, I haven't, I must say I haven't noticed it. I haven't noticed brands sort of affecting me on online through this kind of stuff. But I guess there's cases out there where you can, you can see that this has been done. Definitely. Um, These cases, um, some of the largest brands are doing exactly that. You just... I uh, mentioned McDonald's before. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure it is, if it was part of, of an influence marketing campaign or just a regular campaign that they're running. But you see, uh, usually they're moving more into the visual uh, content, but you see a lot on Instagram, quite a lot and Google+. Plus. You, you'll see uh, different brands that are posting pictures and movies and videos and what have you and working with influencers in this area to push their messages. Okay. It's definitely something the big brands can can leverage, right? I mean, if you can throw something for a very small price at a large number of people through a large number of influencers, then you can yeah, get some very nice returns, as you say, better returns on investment than just putting another ad on TV or another ad on a billboard or something. For smaller brands, if they invest a few hundreds of dollars, on an influence marketing, uh, really small, I mean, really small campaigns that sometimes can really reach large audiences that they will probably not be able to do it in any other way. So sometimes we really do find it as a very affordable and with high returns and, and usually measurable returns because you know who wrote uh, the piece of content, who produced or published the the video, and you can actually track most of the uh, readers or most of the people who engaged with this content, and and analyze it later yeah. uh, to understand how much you invested and how how many exposures you had and how many people got to your website, or whatever the call to action that you had there. Uh, or whatever you were expecting the people to do on your website. You see some kind of content to buy something, um, engage with a different type of content. So it's easier to to measure and easier to analyze and then go back and improve in the next campaign. So now let's take an example. I mean, if, if I had a small business and I wanted to 
I mean, let's say I don't have a lot of money. I mean, I think Triber was a good example of that, but let's not say you have to use Triber, but I saw, yeah, it was only a few hundred um, that the blogger was being paid. And let's say this blogger has, you know, thousands of thousands of readers or whatever reading this blog post and potentially those people acting on that. I mean, how would you do it as a small business? How would you approach someone like this? What's some, some example websites they could go to and how they could start doing this? Well, I think that they can go, they can start with the websites that we mentioned before. And I think that probably the blogger outreach will be the uh, easier branch to start with, just if you want to test the waters. Basically, you can go either to Incubi or BuzzStream, uh, or even to BuzzFeed, as you mentioned before, and search for people that are influential based on their definition in the uh, specific market that they're looking at. Um, if if you sell apparel, for example, in a certain uh, geography, you probably want to look for the influencers that are working in this area and writing about it and producing content and publishing it. And and once you do, you well, we can talk about the process. Usually, you want to identify the influencers, which is the big question that that we mentioned before. But then you want to think about how to recruit them. Um, yeah, and that's a big question, them. right? <laughs> how do you right. do? How do you do that? Exactly. So you can either do it individually, uh, meaning that you, you you probably usually when you go to their blogs and websites, you will find a way to contact them either through a contact me or contact form on their website or the email address that they have, and then you can approach them and and start the conversation. And, and see exactly and, and define what you want uh, them to do or what you expect of them. And here you usually hear from them what they're expecting from you. Uh, this is one way of doing that. Um, the other way, the other way is using um, or going into larger marketplaces where they help you um, to identify the influencers, but they also help you with the recruiting process and the engagement. So they'll do the emails and stuff for you? or They'll either do the emails or they'll just do the communications, uh, the communication between the parties on their own system. Uh -huh. so, okay, if, they're, yeah. if, if everybody's registered on their system, okay. Right, well, with those that are registered on, on their system and, um, and with that in mind, um, the, the business owners can approach the, the bloggers on the, or the influencers, read, see what they published before and what areas they're interested, uh, what their reach is, um, how many people read their blog posts uh, usually, uh, watch their videos, uh, look at their pictures. Uh, it really depends on the social network that you're interested in. And uh, once you have that, you'll have to, to decide exactly what your expectations are. And it's, it's always a good idea to know uh, in advance what your expectations are, what exactly you want to um, get from this campaign in terms of how many people you want to reach, in which area, what topic they're looking at or interested in, how many of them you want to reach, and uh, what kind of action you want them to take after they are engaging with with this content, uh, namely what the call of action, uh, call to action you have at the bottom of the article, for example. Okay. If if you expect them to go to your website, to another website, to one of or to um, one of your accounts on the social networks, to go to your online store, um, it, it's it's much better having a plan 
in advance knowing what you want what you're expecting and what you what the outcome uh, should be and then it will be much easier to discuss it with the influencers themselves so i guess it's quite difficult for someone to do this then if they don't really even understand internet marketing right a small business that has a shop in the main street of a town probably isn't going to be doing this stuff then i'm assuming or are there companies then they can approach who do this as a as a job as well because you know if if i say i don't know anything about calls of calls to action i don't know anything about uh social media networks i know nothing really about internet marketing i have a website but i i I know nothing more um i guess there are companies who specialize in this stuff right there are agencies um that help uh, businesses with uh, with this process, and um, it's part of their job. Of far f- part of what they're doing is really to explain what the process is and uh, help the businesses to identify their expectations and what the um, outcome should be from from the campaign, and then walk walk them through the process and run it. Yeah, it's another options. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking because you know there's probably people listening, and I guess most of the audience here know quite a bit about online marketing, or at least enough to understand that you know if you approach somebody else who's a blogger, that you're going to ask them to write something good about something that you've selling and potentially drive a link which has maybe some uh, parameters on it that you can measure through Google Analytics or. Um, a specific affiliate code so you know exactly where that links come from or go to a specific landing page or whatever it is some measurable outcome so you know who's coming and, and the kind of return on investment that you're getting but if you're not aware of how to do all of that stuff then you're kind of flying a little bit blind right and sure and it's a, i mean it's not a waste of money to do that because it's also a waste of money to to do a facebook ad or to do an ad on radio or whatever if you're also not measuring the outcome which is normal that's the normal world <laughs> most people right. don't most people don't have a clue what a an ad on tv brings but uh, right. and as and as with any other market you should be also be aware about the rules and regulations in your area uh, about what exactly you can do and what you're not supposed to do uh, in terms of uh, making it very clear that it's, for example, a sponsored post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you are not familiar with it, you probably need to, you, you definitely need to consult with someone who knows and that will help you to walk through this process and make it right and uh, make it in a way that is yeah, is um, legal. <laughs> it's legal, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, it's declaring affiliate links or these kind of things, right? There's uh, regulations regarding. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and there are different rules in different places, so you, you need to look exactly uh, what applies to you and your campaigns, and make sure that you are aware of it and implement it. Okay, so kind of an area I didn't really think of, but yeah, of course, if someone's writing something on your behalf almost and kind of paid for it then it needs to be clear that yes you're not lying right. but you're you're being paid you know yeah exactly okay so you can go to an agency or potentially look that up online if this interests you and you have no idea how to do it or you can go through these tools maybe get free access try that out or you can do it all yourself including the emails um, obviously if you're going to do an email and this is something i've experienced from uh, developers of plugins and people approaching me to review tools and stuff please get to know the blogger from their blog before you write to them find out their name 
<laughs> seems really crazy, but that's just right. You get these blanket emails and it's horrible, and I just delete them. And even sometimes not blanket emails, and they know my blog a little bit. Maybe they've read one article, but they don't even go and look for my name. It's crazy. I don't understand it. But anyway, it's kind of like guest posting. If you're going to approach someone for a guest post, same kind of thing. Be respectful. Learn a little bit about their blog. And and when you go and ask them something, know what you're going to be asking for and know the person a little bit. Respect them a little bit. They are a person. They're They're not just a company. We sometimes get the feeling that if we do it online, the rules are different. But, uh, well, you usually quite quickly you understand that the same rules that apply in the real world apply to the online or the internet world too. So if you don't expect someone just to jump in into your office and, and tell you something um, or not approach you appropriately, don't do it on the web either. So Yeah, it's funny how the internet has become like, oh, it's like, you know, we're sitting at home now talking to each other completely separate and and not face to face and so it feels a little bit separate but not really but yeah somehow it's not as as uh, personal so therefore i can hide and i can you know i don't have to do things properly and yeah it's it's funny how the rules appear to some people to be different but exactly they're not <laughs> so use people's names <laughs> and i guess the exactly. other the other level then would be i mean just is there something i found interesting is let's say we're not doing an influencer marketing campaign you just want to know, as a blogger, you're not selling anything yet or you're blogging for fun, but you want a bigger audience. This is something that I wanted when I started blogging. You just want to know who people are in your field who are more knowledgeable than you and, and who can help you out and maybe extend the reach of your post or whatever. I also find that's another good area for, for getting to know influencers as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, and it works exactly as it would uh, in the real world in your area. You meet people, you exchange some tweets with them, emails, um, you follow them on, on Facebook. Um, Google Plus for, for me is a great place to know people and meet them and, and engage and talk and discuss topics that I'm interested in and other people do that too quite a lot. Uh, <clears throat> And usually, quite quickly, you get to know people. People get to know you, whether they're influencers or not. It, it really doesn't matter. And, and based on these relationships, it's much easier to um, do some other things in the future, whether these are mutual campaigns or or working on, on projects. Um... Or talking on a podcast, right? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And we exchanged some tweets in the past and we had some, you know, emails sent from one to another. And so you get to know someone and you know where they're from and the next time you remember where, where they were in the past and what they were talking with you about and, and, yeah, and it yeah. works exactly like that. Yeah, cold, cold approaching people is difficult. And the great thing about this whole idea of influences or, or regardless, just the the network that the internet has provided us in social media i mean whether it's through twitter simple and as you say google plus is more or less as easy and i'm now using linkedin and it's a little bit more difficult but not not super difficult facebook i find difficult because you can't friend people so easily but um you can basically start engaging with someone even in a very light way and then build up to getting to know somebody and then before you know it i mean i've got people all of a sudden helping me do things and I've never met these people and I haven't had that much interaction with them and people are really willing to help even if they've got 
a hundred thousand Twitter followers. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I mean, we're all sitting at home. We all have families. We all we all go to work or not or do whatever. We're all trying to earn money. We're all trying to live our lives. And and influencers are just normal people, and they just happen to be maybe doing what they're doing longer or more effectively or whatever. So yeah, you can certainly approach them. Don't be scared of them if you're out there and you're thinking, oh my god, I can't write to this guy. He has a hundred thousand Twitter followers. It's not true. They will maybe they're busier and maybe it takes more time to get their attention. But um, certainly by, as you say, sharing their content, uh, connecting with them, um, putting them on lists on Twitter, I also find that's very effective. That gives us sort of a different signal to a follow because people often ignore followers. Once they have a certain number of followers, you don't notice your followers anymore. But um, right. yeah, it's quite interesting. So I guess as a last thing to finalize this topic where do you where do you see this going i mean do you see this taking any unusual turns or continuing the way it's going how do you see the future of this kind of marketing well i think that that similarly to any other new market i think that we'll see some consolidations in the in this market in terms of uh, of platforms not necessarily the social networks but the platforms that that identify and and our, the tools that we use in, in influence marketing, that's one thing that I think that uh, will happen and probably will start happening soon. Um, the other thing is that we'll see influence marketing moving more and more into our everyday life, even when we don't recognize it. Because, <laughs> uh, for example, <clears throat> for example, MSN being um, is, is using some of the information from cloud uh, when they're ranking the... Uh, posting um, the articles in in their uh, search engine. Uh, we see Google moving more and more into it uh, with things like uh, Google authorship and publisher yeah. and the uh, author rank, whether it exists or not. But you see more and more elements and components of, of influence and online influence um, influencing the search engines and the results there. So it becomes really important how influential an entity, a brand, or an individual are uh, when they want to uh, do search engine marketing, for example. So it's it really becomes more and more important in every search engine, every social networks. You see, you see that Facebook is is ranking the posts in their based on their open graph, uh, probably using some influence uh, signals there too. So we see it all over the place. And, and I think that it will continue uh, moving in this way and become much more important in our lives uh, online. Yeah, we'll take over the world with influence. <laughs> <laughs> more or less. Yeah, it's funny. It's creeping into everything. Like, as you say, the, the search engine, I actually do... Uh, searches on a what do you call that i've forgotten the word for it now when, when you have a a browser without any any logins or cache or, or whatever in chrome i basically open a new session and, the incognito yes incognito exactly this this the right. session which has no logins so even though i'm logged into google on gmail that influences my results if i want to see if it's really true that i'm appearing on a certain page for a certain keyword and how i'm appearing and so forth or an unfiltered view of a search, then I do that to, to check a specific search. So because, yeah, it influences, you may not realize it, but your circles, your Google Plus influences what you see in the search results. So Exactly. Right. We can do three podcasts on this alone on the <laughs> results on Google. 
<laughs> and oh, it definitely does because if if Google thinks or measures you as a more influential in a different on a different or on a specific topic, um, your results will probably be higher on the search engine on their search engine than other people. So it is something to to look at it and think about when you're building your online campaigns. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... Quietly happening, as you say, authorship and, and publisher and all of these kind of things are really important. And uh, anyway, we'll finish that conversation. And anything you want to quickly touch on that you're doing or that you wanted to mention before we finish up? Um, not something very specific. If you want to contact me, just you know, tell me something, tell me news, something that is happening in this area about online influence, influence marketing. You can find me. I usually blog. On um, my website, it's ronsela.com, R-O-N-S-E-L-A.com. Um, usually, I share there my insights, the tools that I'm using, and techniques that I use uh, almost uh, every day. I'm quite active on Google+, on Facebook and Twitter, and also on Pinterest. So if you want to contact me there, you're more than welcome to do that. Yeah, I'll put all of those links and uh, some of your other uh, posts relating to this stuff in the show notes so everyone has access to everything we've been talking about because writing it down from a podcast is obviously difficult. So that'll be un under madlemmings.com slash episode five. And that's the number five. So I'm going to put everything under there. And I'm also doing a blog post uh, next Wednesday on that. So that'll be... Uh, is that already April? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the year is progressing so fast. Anyway, Ron, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know it's uh, getting late at night for you and uh, almost time to jump into bed. And uh, we'll chat again soon and uh, have a good night. Thank you very much for inviting me. No problem at all. Thanks, Ron. Good night. Bye-bye. So that's the interview with Ron Sello. You certainly know a lot about influencer marketing now. And if you want to jump into influencer marketing, how to go about that, we'll have the list of the tools that Ron was talking about in the show notes, madlemmings.com slash episode five. Or if you're reading the blog post and listening to this, it'll all be below in the blog post. And just quickly, it'd be great if you could do a review for me, either on iTunes or Stitcher. Help me get a larger audience and get more people listening to the podcast. I'd really appreciate that. If you're not sure how to do that, just go to madlemmings.com review. And I have a quick how-to there. And any review or a short note there would be appreciated. So thanks for listening. I hope you learned as much as I did about influencer marketing. It's creeping into your life, even if you don't realize it. So maybe take a look deeper and see what you can get out of it. Have a great day.